Hi there, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and I am a little bit disappointed to say that I didn't get any new Patreon subscribers last week, so I'm behind on my goal for this year. So if you've been thinking of supporting this podcast and haven't yet, please consider checking out my Patreon, which is in the description of this chat. This week I'm chatting with Nathan Pyle, best known for his massively famous Strange Planet comics in which blue aliens have very matter-of-fact conversations. You've probably seen them. Uh, because his Instagram has nearly 7 million followers, uh, there's a whole line of t-shirts, plushies, a book, which my brother got me for my birthday one year, and now a TV series on Apple TV+. So in our chat, Nathan shares how he ensured Strange Planet was successful from the start as a comic and intentionally built it up to the franchise it is today. He's also going to share his social media strategies, what monetization routes work best for artists, and the whole process from turning his comic into a TV show. So without further ado, let's jump in. Okay. Hi, Nathan. How are you doing today? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. I'm excited. You know, I'm pretty familiar with your work. My brother and I share your your comics all the time about like silly little tidbits of life that are extremely relatable. <laughs> unpacking nice. them. Um, can you can you tell me why you started this comic and like what, what was the first comic you drew? And then why did you keep going when nobody knew about it? Well, Strange Planet um, was particularly uh, a successful uh, iteration of one of many uh, successful, I would say, attempt of one of many attempts I made to to create a little comic series. I was already drawing hundreds of comics um, in a year's time. Uh, you know, when I, I was 2018, 2019, drawing a lot of comics. Strange Planet was the first series that uh, really leapt off the page in terms of uh, audience jumped on it right away. Um, I decided to spin off an Instagram that wasn't my normal kind of hodgepodge Instagram. Um, and a strange planet, I, I dedicated myself to doing one a day. I'd never really tried that before. Wow. So I, I, uh, I had many different little series. There was a, a little dolphin detective called Dofflock bones, um, that I tried once and it didn't, it didn't really take off as well. Uh, as Strange Planet did, but there are all these little things I had tried along the way, and then Strange Planet was finally the one that really worked. So, I I always I like to share that because people may think, you know, oh, this is your first time doing this series, uh, and it, it really worked, and it really wasn't. It was, you know, I was up I was up to bat a lot, swinging swinging the bat uh, quite a bit, uh, mm -hmm. or you know, you fill in the sports metaphor, whatever it was. I was not my first attempt, so. <laughs> So you were intentionally trying to create a successful online comic. Yeah, I think part of it was I had seen that my my comics were doing well. It was fun, uh, but I had never actually attempted to create a series where you're you're tracking the same universe. You're here again. Mm. Oh, look, I'm learning something about these these uh, characters. Um, so Strange Planet was the first time it really worked. And I really actually uh, corralled my own um sensibilities uh i you know i i'm i tend to be <laughs> pretty scatterbrained and this was the first time i said all right i have to do it every day i did it for a whole year at one at one a day and i never tried anything like that so that it really runs counter to my natural impulses um and that was a that was a good thing to force myself into kind of a dedication there yeah i guess so look where you are now um so okay what was going on in your life that you're like i want to intentionally create a successful comic and then finally when you you know created strange planet and it resonated with people right away 
what you know why did you go all in on this like what what was going on in your mind like that you wanted to and in your life that you wanted to set this up for yourself rather than just like i'm doing this cute little thing for fun you know <laughs> you know it was it was actually um i was i was freelancing so it certainly was um uh, part of my job essentially to uh create art um i had i had already uh, been working with Threadless for a while where I would I would create some designs and sometimes the design would become pretty popular and viral and uh, Threadless is a great licensor of designs so uh, they would allow me to keep the rights but I could sell t-shirts through there um, and that was that was a nice that was a nice uh, arrangement really um, and so that that is what ended up happening I, I looked at what I was doing and said, you know what, I maybe a little more organized approach to being a freelance comic artist is necessary here. If I want to try and make a living out of this, I probably need to do what a lot of successful comic artists have done. And that is to create uh, something that you, you spend dedicated time on uh, rather than just uh, flying by the seat of my pants every day. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So it was natural. Yeah. Um, so this is this is very interesting to me. Um, can we rewind a little bit more and say, like, you know, what how did because you told me you didn't have any, you know, formal art training or anything, but yeah, here you are, you know, creating threadless designs, doing comics, et cetera. Like that's not a very conventional career to start with. How did you decide that you wanted to create more of a creative like uh line in your life? Sure. I um I did move to New York City in 2008, and I hope to pursue creative industry. I'm not sure exactly what the goal was. Really, this is 15 years ago now. Uh, I think I wanted to write for television, probably something funny, hopefully. Um, and then uh, what I ended up doing was I worked in nonfiction television. I I actually produced um you know little shows like for like the weather channel it was it was actually really fascinating cuz i i ended up really liking weather uh, i still do i think it's fascinating um and um <laughs> the weather the weather channel would would do these shows where you'd kind of um i uh, talk to survivors or or uh, people who had lived through natural hazard natural disasters and um and really to kind of talk about that experience and that was a really fascinating job so um i i did that um but at the same time, these shows, they followed a certain uh, formula. So your your creative license, uh, I felt I felt not as creatively fulfilled as, as what I had hoped. Um, and that's a pretty common sentiment. Anyone who works in, you know, any field feels, um, you know, you're, you're a little constrained. So I said, all right, at night, maybe I can try something totally my own, totally independent. And that's what I started to do in 2008, 2009, started to draw a lot more. Um, learning to draw, I was really, really um, new at it and was creating a little digital art. I had ideas, but I didn't have any execution. Um, so the, uh, the the real community at Threadless was the first that I latched onto. Threadless at that time had really thriving forums where all these digital artists were finding tips and sharing their ideas together. And that was amazing. It was the first time I realized, oh, there's other people interested and the exact same thing as I am, um, you know, you're not just talking about your art, but you're talking about movies and shows and you're watching episodes of Lost together in real time, basically. Um, that was really fun. Um, and that's that's when I realized, oh, this is a group that I, I'm interested in. And I think that's what kept me linked to it, even though I, I submitted 100 designs to Threadless without selling any. Um, and uh, it took a long time. So, it, you know, you just you're learning execution, you're getting your you're getting your 
ideas, uh, crisper, better ideas that read quickly, especially if you're doing a t-shirt design, you want it to read quickly. Um, and that's, that's what happened. And then eventually I started to sell and they, they did really well. Um, and then, uh, you know, the internet, internet takes over at times, something, uh, uh, something somewhere along the way, I found Reddit and Imager. I'm never sure how to say Imager. I would um, say Imger. <laughs> Imger. I sure. I don't know how to say that one. I M G U R. Um, in that, in that group, uh, many, many more eyes were seeing the work then. Uh, you're getting a lot more feedback, um, for better, for worse. And, um, and that's, that was a good step to finding, you know, uh, Threadless was the warmth and the uh, supportive community. And then there were other parts of the internet that were more like, you know, going out into the, uh, the, the, the market basically, and you're, you're getting more feedback from any number of people. So I want to, you know, it sounds amazing to me and also a little crazy. I want to talk about the TV show, but I think there's a little bit more to talk about here first. So you moved, you just got up and moved to New York city, which sounds like a big risk and very gutsy, especially in like 2008 when there's like, you know, the economy is not great. Sure. And then you find a job in TV doing weather stuff. Then you find some stuff online, uh, making some t-shirts before you told me that you, you didn't really usually commit to things, but a hundred designs for t-shirts sounds hey, like a sure. commitment to me. Um, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> would you say that you like, it also sounds like you're really you're really trying to follow like an organic process and not be like, I want to intentionally like, for instance, with the TV show, you weren't, did you, did you say like, I want to create a TV show one day, or is it like, I want to learn um, with the skills I have and kind of follow the success and see where it leads. Yeah. I think from my perspective, a lot of these categories, uh, this is a web comic, this is a TV show. A lot of these categories you end up, from my perspective, not really creating these hard lines in between them. You you actually see a community who likes talking about Strange Planet, and you think, oh, you know, a natural iteration of Strange Planet would be a TV show. Right. Um, that's not that's not such a leap because really, what you're talking about is a community of people who enjoy this fictional world. Um, the books they enjoy, the the web comics they enjoy, just talking with each other. There are things the fans of Strange Planet have done without any of my um, input which is just about them kind of talking about strange planet together, creating a little Facebook group or something where they'd talk like the beings talk. I, 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 I think more than anything with strange planet, I think the energy would always come from uh, the fact that the people in the comments really enjoy thinking about their own lives from that perspective. And uh, to me, it's, it, I, I try to essentially communicate that like, Oh, you can, you can do this on your own with your kids or with your friends or whatever. Um, I think that's great. Uh, so I think I, 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 I've lost track of your question, but I, I think <laughs> at the beginning of this, I was looking at uh, Strange Planet as just another opportunity to put art on the Internet and um, and to kind of get feedback on it and have fun with it. Um, when people really started to latch on to it, they there uh, there there was an, a new energy there where I hadn't I hadn't seen that energy before for, for a series. I'd seen a lot of viral energy for one or two uh, comics here and there, one or two T-shirt designs here and there. But the viral energy then uh, for Strange Planet was different. And and I knew I had uh, something special that I wanted to continue to kind of put forward. And I, I think at this point, when you have so many people working on a show, there's so many people who have to work on a show. There's just an, an enormous group of talented people who work on the show. Um, that's when you realize this is, this is a fun, this is a fun world where you can, you can actually um, kind of let others uh, put their own ideas into your, your fictional world. Uh, and that, and that's a really fun process. It, they were, they were, 
they truly deferred to me. Um, but they had such good ideas. And I, a lot of times I didn't even know what to ask. They were knowing they're, they're coming up with the questions to ask about how do you build a world? And it's really smart. So, I mean, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, uh, just another follow-up question on, on the social kind of aspect of this, you know, you have, you have millions and millions of followers on many platforms. Did you intentionally, like once you saw the success kind of resonate with your comics, did you intentionally grow that or was it more like, cause it sounds like you're constantly learning and pivoting and getting resources. Were you like, and if so, like what are the most successful strategies you've engaged in to build up that kind of that following for strange planet? Well, um, you, you, you want to use the tools that every new platform brings. Um, when Instagram introduced the carousel feature, that was crucial because then you're able to post 10 instead of just one. That was really big. Um, and you know, what's, what's really crucial there. And I would always share this with anyone who's trying to build their media followings, particularly on Instagram. Um, the, the very first one might not be the most popular image or video, um, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. Sometimes people end up scrolling through your, your carousel of 10 images and, and saying, oh, number seven is the, the best one, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. That's great. That's a part of what you end up kind of learning as you go. Um, and then, and then you find also that, uh, you, you make a little comment. Sometimes it's a tweet, for instance, you make a second tweet that follows up. Um, what I do now is when I, I got a little a screen cap a tweet and I'll screen cap the little follow-up tweet and I'll put that one in miniature version at the bottom of the tweet. You know, little little image manipulation, stuff like this, really get into the the details of of kind of communicating and creating art, uh, creating humor. Um, this is the little stuff that you just have to constantly tweak. If you if you're watching how people interact with your work. Uh, that's that's what people want. And, and you're engaging your audience, too, because a lot of times you're you're kind of seeing how do they respond to this? And then you you realize, oh, this is what they this is what they think. This is how they're thinking about it. It's it's really fun. I I just like people. And I think a lot of people who are artists are are like me and they're like, oh, this is this is a fun way to engage with people. I'm learning a lot. That makes a lot of sense, like playing to the to the social media's algorithms, you know, where they start at with new features and stuff. And then also it sounds like you're constantly in the comments and trying different things and learning what works and not, which it sounds great. So tell me, tell me the story of how you went from drawing like on an iPad or your Photoshop or something every day to now having a TV show, you know, where did, where did that start for you? How, how long was that journey? Did you pitch it yourself around to studios? Did somebody come to you? You know, what, what happened there? I always want to credit the really smart people I'm, I'm with, Seth Fishman, uh, my literary agent. Um, he helped at the very beginning before Strange Planet. He he was my agent before Strange Planet. And um, and he knew with Strange Planet something particularly um, special was happening in terms of the energy there. Um, and so we, we talked, Seth and I, and we, we uh, ended up, I ended up getting agents um, out in California uh, that helped create meetings for me. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, the thing is you're, you're going into these meetings, uh, some people are more familiar with strange planet than others. So you're, you you kind of come with an elevator pitch that has multiple different versions. Like there's the pitch where, you know, about strange planet, there's the pitch where you don't know about strange planet. Um, and that's, and that's kind of what I've learned over time is you're constantly kind of adjusting, uh, with, with different elevator pitches. It's not just one, it's, you have multiple different elevator pitches. So I sat down with Dan Harmon and Steve Levy 
in um, October, I think October of 2019. Um, really, Strange Planet was still within its first year there, and um, and I said, you know, this is the this is the idea. Steve and Dan immediately had their own kind of ideas, like, oh, this would be really cool because in this world the beings could be, you know, unusually forthright, uh, be particularly honest. Um, the, the sitcom formula might be that their honesty comes at the end, but in this, in this version, sitcom could be they're honest at the beginning. Um, a lot of good ideas they had immediately. And that was a really fun meeting because the, the potential and the possibilities were immediately there. Um, so, uh, we became a team. Um, it was, uh, along with Alex Bulkley from Shadow Machine and, um, so Shadow Machine and, and Dan and Steve and I, uh, going into meetings and pitching, uh, that happened, I guess, four or five months later, maybe, um, that was, uh, the beginning of, of that relationship with Apple. Um, and then Apple, you know, is the one obviously airing Strange Planet creating Strange Planet as a TV show. So it, it definitely, there was a lot of energy, I would say from, from other smart people. And I, I, just, I now always want to make sure I credit them. They're really smart. And I, I knew to, to my credit, I knew that I didn't know much about this world. So, um, I, I deferring to a lot of smart people was was I think a, a good move on my part. Yeah, I wanted to ask how that felt because I, I I have my own pitches that I you know go around to studios every once in a while and and yeah, uh, it's you know they don't know who I am, they don't know my project, so and I'm not partnered with super famous people like, like you are. Sure, sure. So right. how did it? How is? I'm just curious the energy in the room when you walk in and somebody already knows Strange Planet. Like I've been in I've been in meetings a couple times where somebody's been familiar with my work and that feels amazing. But most of the time they're like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, no. I think the internet makes the world feel very small um, when there is something that goes a long way. I I always want to say too that um, people on, on out there on the internet they're they're probably familiar with particular web comics or particular imagery without even knowing the name of the person who does it. Right. 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 Um, so and I think there's something to be said there where you know. I, I kind of understood that. I understood that a lot of times someone would say, I have never heard of Strange Planet, but they actually did know Strange Planet. <laughs> um, and I think that's a lot of times the the kind of um, the very basic level uh, of like encouragement I would give to anyone. Like you, you might not even know how many people know about your drawings, particularly because of the way drawings get reposted without credit a lot of times. Um, there, there are young artists out there whose work actually is way more famous than they realize. Um, and, and I just always want to encourage people that that can be really hard and frustrating part of the internet, but, uh, hang in there. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot to be said for, as I was saying, um, kind of creating a strategy that, that does, uh, use the internet, uh, at its full potential, um, keeping that palette, what it was with strange planet, keeping the name short, uh, you know, there are all these little things that I was trying to do to, to maximize the potential for, you know, someone out there is going to know this eventually. Someone's going to say Strange Planet and they'll know it. So amazing. I mean, it all works. Tell me a little bit about how you turn like a four panel comic into a full TV show that's more than 15 seconds long, which yes. it takes to read your comic. Like, um, how is well, that? Because you didn't I'm assuming you didn't have much experience, you know, writing 20 minute episodes or whatever. No, no. I, I, and the, so with Dan Harmon's, um, particularly his use of, uh, and, and, and kind of, um, promotion of his particular version of the story circle, 
um, is is I think a, a good uh, again a good read for anyone who's never read about the story circle or or obviously the different versions of uh, heroes journeys and 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 other ways of writing stories. But um, it was really a, a big part of what we talked about. You know, pretty conventional um, A stories and B stories a lot of times for these episodes, um, and that was a really fun. Uh, way to you know we're creating something that I think has some sub subversive quality but then also has some uh, pretty conventional quality so I, and I think that's part of what we wanted to do we wanted to balance that um, want to make sure you know there was there were some recurring characters um, but but largely anthological and in, in some of the storytelling between episodes uh, that that was a, there again we're always trying to balance a lot of things with strange planet I, I think what we ended up with was uh, I, I we're very proud of it, but um, the idea that you, you're going to latch onto a handful of characters, but you're also going to meet new characters every episode. That was a, I, that to me was a fun balance, and I think um, the five particular voice actors who were voicing our recurring characters we were so good. It, it's it's like you want all of the voice actors to be in all the episodes. They're just the, the talent and voice is so fun. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's amazing. I think maybe this is a good spot to like, can you just do a little pitch of what the show is, is it about and from your, oh, sure. your take? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a particularly familiar looking planet um, and they have uh, two moons. Um, and so you're, you're immediately looking at it saying, oh, there's a lot of familiarity here. Uh, but these blue beings, uh, they, they do clearly live on a different planet. This isn't Earth. And um, their one particular difference between them and humans, uh, besides how they look, perhaps, is uh, is that they're a little more emotionally honest. They're able to talk. You know, I'm, I'm crying in the shower, crying in the shower this morning. Uh, that it's a very regular occurrence to talk about your emotions, uh, both both vulnerability and uh, creativity in the way you talk about emotions is really fun. Um, so when you're when you're watching these beings, they're uh, they're a little more forthright little more uh, emotionally uh, advanced than humans are. Um, and so that, you know, humans can watch this show and it's kind of aspirational. This is what earth can be in its best moments when, when humans are able to, to share their uh, emotional journey with each other in a more creative way. Uh, and, and at the same time, it's a planet full of danger, as the theme song says, um, just like earth is, there's many ways to perish. There are many ways to perish on this planet. So, um, that that's, it's not a, it's not a perfect world because, uh, beings are obviously dying still, but, um, but that is, uh, that's a part of what, uh, I think draws people to the world. It's a little aspirational and it's, and it's humanity. I love that. There's many ways to perish. <laughs> how does it, how does it, you know, looking back on your, you know, this has actually been quite a short journey for you, just specifically with strange planet, not, you know, your whole career looking yeah. back and, you know, you talked about drawing that first comic and, and it taking off to now here you are with a TV show viewed by millions. You know, how how does it feel? Oh, it, it, it feels humbling because there are many, many great ideas for cartoons that I, I think should be made into cartoons, should be made into animated series. There are, are so many talented people that I've met along the way. Um, and I, I think more than anything. I always want to encourage uh, those who whose whose uh, dreams and who, who have ideas for fictional worlds. I want to encourage them. Um, there, there's tremendous amount of uh, uh, eyeballs out there who are curious and wanting to see more fictional worlds. And I, I think that's a really fun. It's a fun uh, a dream to have. I, I feel fortunate to be at this point, obviously. Um, but, you know, I have two kids now and I, th I think when I when I talk to them about art, 
Um, I, I always want to make sure it's in the forefront of what I say that I, I didn't make any of this on my own. Um, this was uh, the result of a lot of different smart people working together. So um, that is my job to talk about it. And it is my job to, to be at the helm there. But um, but they're just there's they're so many, so many talented people working on this. I love I love uh, your thoughts on that. That's really that is really humbling. It's nice to hear. I'm wondering, you know, uh, what's what's next for Strange Planet? You know, it started as a comic. Now it's a TV show. There's a book. There's merchandise. Like, what? Where do you want to intentionally or hope that it goes? Well, it'd be nice to be on an ice cream truck somewhere eventually. Um, <laughs> being, uh, I, you know, I think I think there's a lot of uh, there's there's so many fun little things that you can think about um it would be fun to to have a character walking around and uh uh somewhere where you could actually hug the character and meet the character like I, a I no world, idea. world right yeah strange strange planet world i i more than strange anything I, world, I, mean. I just love i love when the the uh the humans who actually read strange planet i love when they take it on themselves and and find ways to celebrate it um on their own I think that that in my mind is kind of what what happens next when they they get a chance to to involve themselves, teach their own kids, or or they come up with new ideas for their friends. I, I think that's that's the dream for anyone who's creating a little fictional world that you get other people to live in it and also kind of career, give their own creative energy to it. So um, I I feel like I said I feel fortunate to be where we are now, and I I I like talking with my own daughter and my son. Um, my son's too little to kind of understand, I think, but my my daughter's too, and I think the way she thinks about the world is so fresh and unique. And I, I think that's part of what any, uh, any human wants uh, to have a fresh and unique perspective on the world. And that's something a two-year-old already has. And I think many of us adults need a little more help getting so. Yeah. Right. I really enjoy your perspective on this because, you know, as an artist, you often struggle with, or me personally, you know, the ego of like, I want to make something that other people like, but everything you've kind of, talked about is you want to make something for other people. Um, if, if I made that distinction, right? Like I want to make something I like, and I hope other people like it. And you, it sounds like you're trying to make something that you hope other people enjoy. Um, if that makes sense, what, what kind of like kept you, you know, there's a lot of hard work in between and it's been years and you know, you've, you've, what kept you, what, what would you say like is the number one skill that enabled you to end up in this place? Um, you know, you're persistent, you're learning, et cetera. Like, what would you say helped you manufacture this if you were looking back? Um, uh, there are a lot of phrases that come to mind that are kind of cliches within creative world. But hey, now they're cliches like for a reason. Work. Well, it's like sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. I think that's one cliche that 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 really comes to mind often. Um, winning and learning, like uh, that's those are the two options, right? You don't don't think about losing; you just think about learning. Um, and then um, make something you wish existed. That's another phrase that comes to mind. Hmm. Um, that that always helped me because it's it, 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 when making books, I'm I'm thinking a lot of times like I personally want to make a book that I personally want to look at. <laughs> so um, that's a really that's a fun way to think about it because you know at some point I think Ira Glass had some quote about this. At some point you kind of are are, are honing your own taste, like you're you're realizing your taste and what you like. Is getting better. You're, you're you're experiencing enough. You're you're taking in enough to realize I I really like what I'm making. Um, that's that's a big deal. Um, and I I think uh, there are many different creators who over time I've I've just I realized you know when I look at Gary Larson, to me that's the the best the best. Uh, the, uh, that's what I grew up looking at Far Side and still look at Far Side. Um, 
when I look at that world, it's immediate, immediately evident. This is a Gary Larson comic. Um, you know, the perspective, you know, ultimately that, uh, you know, humans are one of the animals, but they don't really think of themselves as one of the animals. And it's, it's such a fascinating perspective Gary Larson's created on the world. To me, that that's the goal. You want to, you want to create work and eventually people will say, oh, this is all part of that kind of cohesive, but also unpredictable world uh, that that artist has created. Gary Larson is a great example to me. Totally. I feel like you can get a PhD in, in the far side at this point. Um, right, right. There's so many, right. I wonder if there, you know, there's probably some people listening who are, you know, trying out their own, their own art and trying to figure out how to make it go in a way that they meet more success like, like you did. Um, what would you say to that person who may be in the thick of it and can't really see the end side and they're trying their best? Yeah, I, I think there's a, a there's something to be said for finding um, uh, just set up something for yourself where there's a small victory um, so that you can you can feel that sense of of success. Um, I think having a tournament of your own ideas is always something I talk about um, because you, you have five ideas or maybe 10 or maybe even just three. But, um, you know, getting getting those ideas together and kind of making them compete and and saying, all right, which one do I think is best? Here's a friend looking at them. What is one does the friend think is best? I think little by little, you're creating this little hierarchy of some of your ideas that you, you're starting to figure out, right, which one, why is why does this one connect better? Why does this one connect better? Um, you're you're going to figure it out eventually. I, I think that can be a really huge thing because even just describing that when you write it down, you're kind of summarizing this tournament and saying, this one won out because blah, blah, blah. I, I think that's such a valuable technique that I've used a lot. And over time, um, have seen that people actually do, they, they, they have, there's a lot of, lot of really smart people out there as, as they're evaluating your ideas. So even if, even if, uh, they don't like an idea, it's, it's like, um, you know, you have to, you have to kind of understand that they're, they're, they might have a point. Um, and that's, that's okay because you're smart and you also will have a way to adjust your, you're right at halftime, right? You're making halftime adjustments after people give some critique of your work. Uh, and that's that's kind of how we are. We're always making adjustments to our work. So that's okay. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me from my my past life. It was called A-B testing, but you're constantly, you yeah. know, putting up putting up one web page to half your customers, another web page to the other half and seeing which performs better and then iterating off of that until you, you know, you streamline and do a super successful, you know, software, whatever. Um, yes. so I, sure. yeah. uh, I know we're a little bit short on time. I have one more question. Maybe it's a little bit, maybe of a businessy question, but you know, somebody else or sorry, somebody out there is, um, you know, in their art right now and they're probably testing a lot of things. Would you, and they're trying to like monetize their art and, you know, you've done t-shirts, you've done books. Are there any things you'd say that just don't end up, uh, cause you've tested out a lot of things don't end up anywhere good and other things that you would recommend to try to monetize earlier, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think what's, what's neat out there now is um, there are many different um, sites that you could try out. Um, like, Oh, does this site make stickers or this site make t-shirts? Uh, you can you can just try it out. I think um, you, you should spend a little bit of your own money um, and, and buy some shirts from these sites, buy some stickers from these sites, just kind of see what you like. Um, uh, more than anything, I think, uh, you know, finding, uh, finding, uh, something that, that, that actually creates an emotional resonance, um, 
people a lot of times in the comments now will they'll say, oh, I love this T-shirt when I wear it. I get comments on it. Uh, I find other sh I find other fans of your comic or, or even just, you know, non fan just seems to like it. I, I think that to me is is worth a lot. And, and you end up finding it's not just about, you know, collecting something, um, having it in your home. Um, nothing against, you know, collectibles. But the idea is to, to have something that connects with other people, I think, makes me feel really good. Like the, people are connecting with other humans you know, having a t-shirt on. So anything that helps humans connect with each other, I think is one of my favorites for sure. That makes a lot of sense to me. And and I, as you were talking, I was remembering times where like, even I've been in a random, like in the States somewhere and somebody's wearing the same university t-shirt that I went to up in my small town, Waterloo. And, I'm, and it's like yeah. an instant, an instant connection. So it makes a lot of sense to make something that is going to generate an emotional response. Um, you know, I, thank you so much for sharing, you know, your journey from start to finish. It was very streamlined. Is there anything that you wanted to share that we didn't we didn't talk about as we're kind of wrapping up here? Uh, no, I think that was really we covered everything. <laughs> I, I liked your questions. No. And I, I think it's cool that your um, your audience is full of uh, uh, various levels of, of yeah. experience. I think that's one of the, the best things about the Internet. It, it gathers everyone in the same subway car of of experience like we're all together we're learning some of us have more experience than others um but we're still learning all of us for sure yeah well thank you for so much for coming on this subway car podcast i really appreciate yes. it yeah, yeah congratulations on having a show that's amazing and and also you. you know the, the comic and everything and for creating something that uh lots of people including myself enjoy thank you so much i will pass along your words to all the beings who work on thank it. you yeah. please do yeah <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nathan. And if you're Have listening and you want to check out Strange Planet, I'm going to include the Instagram link for that and as well as the Apple TV link to check out the show. And I hope you check both of those out. And thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mando and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.